Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Script Show. We're talking about your favorite movies. What was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And joining me today for this nice little jog, Dr. Sam. Oh, we're not going to go fast through this. Uh, 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 I didn't have a noun at the ready for what it was going to be, but we're... Uh, diving into some old favorites. Yeah, and uh, just like Sonic, we're really going to zoom, zoom, zoom. Am I right? <laughs> so as uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just astonished. It, you know, getting back into this, just, it fits just like a glove. Yeah, just like Sonic's glove. <laughs> um, well, you guys may be able to tell with the audio or not, but we are also uh, experiencing a little quarantine that I'm sure everyone else is at least been through when hearing this hopefully maybe we're out sooner than later but we're doing this over zoom and right. uh, I, I think most people just assume we live together in the in the studio yeah. but uh, unfortunately uh we we live in actual homes uh, not just within the walls of a and in front of a microphone <laughs> that is true yeah we are gonna do that try this out a bit hopefully you guys like it and we'll uh go from there i guess exactly gotta go fast to exactly. what we're so we watched sonic the hedgehog yeah <laughs> and it was it one of the few movies that came out during 2020 and um i wasn't lucky enough to see it in theaters but i feel like you know my couch was just as enjoyable for this one well let me tell you that the theatrical experience was uh, fantastic uh, I oh, loved going okay. to the theater to see it because uh, there were almost exclusively children in the theater and they loved it. That's good. Was it like a family, like one parent, three kids, or was it just like diehard Sonic kids from out of the womb? A, a little bit of both. I mean, before we went in, it was at one of those you know big theaters where they have all the banners showing the the new release. And a kid just walks out of the parking garage and looks at the banner and says, Oh my God, dad, it's Sonic. We're going to go see Sonic. And like he's, the kids are, the kids are excited. It's not just like an, an 80s, 90s thing. Damn. Okay. Well, that's good. Good for Sonic. Um, some, some guys that can hold the test of time. Mm-hmm. So, what, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to ask you, and I think you're about to ask me, what is your history with Sonic? Are you one of those? 90s kids who really knew it or are you a, a new inductee to the life of sonic um a casual participant in the sonic sense i guess mm-hmm. i didn't really play the sega games growing up i actually when i was a kid i would go to a haircut place where their whole shtick was like hey you're having a hard time with your kids getting haircuts how about you take them to our place and while they're getting haircuts they play video games <laughs> And yep. so I would play video games and get a haircut and the big game was Sonic there. So that's like the only time I played the Sonic Sega game of it. And then I got into Sonic like mid 2000s with Mario and Sonic in the Olympic Games. <laughs> and that's, but, that's the experience of Sonic? Yeah, I think like I may have watched an episode of the cartoon back in the day, but like nothing where I was like, yeah, man, Sonic. Had to see that opening day Thursday night. If not, am I even a fan? Like, I'm not updating the fandom wiki page all the time or anything like that. How I, I don't know why you wouldn't, because I live somewhere in the middle where I'm not a super Sonic fan, but <laughs> uh, I did play the Sonic Adventure games when they came out on the GameCube, 
And I also had the uh, one of the Olympic Games, because I think that's now a four-year tradition where there's a new Sonic and Mario yeah. at the Olympic Games. And I watched a little bit of the Sonic anime that came out for a little while. Ooh. That was it was basically just the the Sonic Adventure video games, but they okay. you know did them in cartoon form, and it was all right. But you know it was really nice getting to hear uh, the voice of Urkel every single <laughs> Saturday when he would voice Sonic. That's fair. That was one of the weirdest like fun facts I had learned about that Urkel also did Sonic. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching a video on YouTube way back in the day about how in the Sonic Urkel TV show, they would do PSAs at the end. Mm -hmm. And one of the PSAs Sonic did was like, hey, kids, you know, it's really tempting to go into a a laundry machine, but you shouldn't. You know, three kids every year die from going into laundry machines. And it was just such a weird thing to have a PSA about. At the time, I'm sure it was uh, quite the trend on the local news that kids were climbing into laundry machines. I guess. Um, side tangent, I rewatched Lilo and Stitch over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where Lilo hops in the original version. Lilo goes in and hides in a laundry machine. And then she sneaks out. And the new Disney Plus version, they have Lilo hop into like, I don't even know. It's supposed to be a laundry machine. But they put a pizza on front of it. So it looks like it's like a pizza baker thing. Which that's worse. That, yeah, is that any better? Because you're more likely to accidentally have the oven going than the laundry machine going. Yeah, like there's a lot of steps you need to take to have the laundry machine start without you in it. You know, yeah. your your oven just kind of defaults to a hundred and then goes from there. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I didn't know. I assume it has to be a baker. It makes no sense. It's just a pizza on it, you know? But, like, is she? Is it in her own house? Yeah, it's in her house. It's right next to the washer or dryer, one of the two. Yeah, I think that's one of those uh, weird CGI, uh, you know, covering up uh, mermaid butts uh, thing that Disney Plus is doing that they're really trying to fix things. Yeah. Okay, anyway, back to Sonic. But um, uh, I, I have a PSA that Sonic gave. Okay. that I remember from the original TV show too, where he said, hey kids, I know it might be tempting to get into a van, even if a guy offers you candy, <laughs> but I swear you shouldn't do it. Stranger danger's real. And he, Sonic was warning kids about pedophiles like before it was cool. <laughs> Dude, Sonic is so woke. Sonic is, Sonic is the ideal father. Yeah, who wouldn't want that blue hedgehog to be their father? But speaking of ideal fathers, how about that daddy of James Marsden? And Sonic teaming up in this movie. What what are your thoughts on it, having just seen it? Um, I actually like James Marsden in this. I thought he, you know, for a role that he could really have just checked out and done a very, like, B-plus at best Mm -hmm. performance, he, like, did good. Yeah, it it seems like he's actually trying. You know, it's weird. He seems like he's trying with Sonic and with other people. And we'll get into this once he we get into the plot of it. But it seems like he and the woman who's playing his wife hate each other so much. Really? That, that's what I got from it. I got zero chemistry. They high five. They don't hug. They don't kiss. They ha- seem to have no physical affection towards one another. And that's either because the studio thinks kids can't handle a little handholding or, you know, they didn't want to spend time with each other. That would be super surprising. Has this, I, I can't imagine they were having fights on set or like disagreements like that. Nothing's come out about it, but I went to a screening with like 10 friends and all of us came out of it being like, it was good. 
but it seemed weird that James Marsden and his wife hated each other. <laughs> I mean, the sister's trying to break him up, which was like the part in the movie where I was like, dude, calm down. Like, he, she's he off the get-go. Oh, yeah, truth yeah. be fair, it is out of, the, out of the gate, but he is a terrorist by the end of it, or at least a supposed to be a terrorist by the uh, end of it. Yeah, at that point, I get it, but she's still aggressive as hell about it. Like, because she lives in San Francisco, and her sister would come up to San Francisco if he took this job, and she's so pissed about it, you know? Yeah, it's not a great plan, not a great yeah. part of the story. Interesting take there, Sam. Interesting, yeah, I mean, that's... Listen, you rewatch it and just try and find any sign of affection between the two of them. That's fair. That could be a fun drinking game, you know? Mm-hmm. Any signs... Uh, when affection should be done and isn't, take a drink. It is just as prevalent as Zillow and Olive Garden. Okay, so <laughs> do we want to talk about that now? Let's or? get into that afterwards. Let's let's do let's do the whole thing, and then uh, we can talk about product placement. Let's dive right into the, the the heart of San Francisco. Yeah, and for those new viewers and listeners, if you guys want to skip the summary and just go where we start script doctoring and fixing out the movie, uh, we have time codes in the descriptions. And uh, yeah, but you should stick around. It's always yeah. a it's a, it's almost as good as eating a chili dog, you know? <laughs> this is where you will hear the origins of the product placement and my theories on the main couple not liking each other. Yeah. All right. So All right. we open this movie with a very young Sonic running around being all fast and stuff. He's, and... Uh, he's, he's in a place with a lot of green hills. And you might mm. say that this should be called the Green Hill Zone, but it's not. <laughs> Green Hills is reserved for a town in Montana, I think, where Sonic has to go after he is discovered by these tiny creatures, uh, not mentioned in the movie, but they are called the echidna, which is the, oh, the species, because I'll get into that, because I have a bone to pick with this movie on that, where uh, Sonic has a parental figure named uh, Longclaw, who is a big owl who sees that the echidna are chasing after Sonic. So he gives, he or she, I don't remember, uh, gives Sonic a big bag of magical rings that can transport him anywhere within the known universes. And he defends Sonic from the Echidna tribe and tosses a ring, which takes him into Green Hills, Montana. Yeah. And the thing with this opening scene is, like, they shoot the owl with an arrow. And it's like, I don't know, pretty intense, I feel like. And then the fucking owl sacrifices herself or himself, <laughs> and it's like, just jump into the ring, you know? This is a thing with the movie where they constantly, like, could do one thing and then just don't. And yeah. It's not, like, terrible. It's, like, slightly annoying, but it's, like, not the worst thing. Um, so now Sonic is in on planet Earth in Greenville, and he's aged up a bit. How old do you think he is? I think, can I say, I think he's, like, a couple years old, like, three or four at the start of the movie, and then it says ten years pass. So I'd say he's a tween to teen. However, I need to go back. There is a thing with the echidna. Because are okay. you familiar with Sonic and his uh, gallery of friends? Uh, I think... <laughs> Isn't Knuckles an echidna? That's right. That's what okay. I'm going to tell you. Because just freeze frame on the moment where the echidna that shoots the owl shoots its arrow. It has some pretty big hands. The only oh. echidna known to have big hands is an echidna known as Knuckles, who within the game series is a friend of Sonic's. They work together and they have fun adventures. The implications of Knuckles killing Sonic's mom is quite a dark one. 
Yeah. Okay. So with 10 years of built up childhood trauma, Sonic hangs out in like a little like hidey hole in Montana, kind of in the woods uh, where he collects flash comic books and plays ping pong with himself. And he messes around during the day with a local cop. So what does he call him? Supreme Donut Face or something? Uh, he's, uh, I think he's, he's uh, Donut Lord. Lord of donut the Donuts. Donut Lord. There we yeah. go. Yes. And so this is James Marsden sort of hanging out now, um, uh, shooting his gun. Oh, shoot. Shooting, <laughs> shooting his, his uh, yeah. <laughs> shooting his uh, speed gun at yeah. people. There's no one going by. And Sonic just sort of does the Michael Scott and goes back and forth trying to test out his high speeds mm -hmm. uh, with this laser gun. He's just messing around. There's a semi truck that's coming and is about to hit this turtle. And Sonic just scoops him up and rushes him out. And like the whole opening scene is like another Sonic running very fast with the turtle. And the turtle is just like big eyed, like, whoa. And so he saves the turtle. So, you know, that's the sequel to Save the Cat. Save the turtle which he yeah. does, and the turtle's scarred for life because he was not meant to go this fast. Yeah. And meanwhile, James Marsden's confused why this his radar gun seems to show 300 miles per hour when there's nothing there. But that's not a big worry for him because he's busy going home, seeing his veterinary clinic wife, and she presents him with a cake that says, congrats on becoming a police officer for the San Francisco Police Department because he's tired of living in this do nothing town of Green Hills, Montana. He wants the big actiony life of San Francisco. And so his wife talks about how, hey, yeah, I found all these apartments on Zillow. <laughs> it's, there's a very clear insert shot of Zillow that, according to the screenwriter, he did not even know was a part of the movie until the premiere. <laughs> that is a true fact that sometimes product placement just kind of gets put into the last second when you want to make some money that shot that was like filmed though right like she says like points to the computer point being like that that wasn't like a voiceover or anything computer right? screens are like super easy to get done in vfx it's like a couple hundred bucks to just like screen replace anything no i was more saying like in the scene the actress actually says like oh yeah look what i found on zillow like do you think they did reshoots for that specific product placement it could have been a reshoot i thought they cut to an insert of the zillow thing like right as she says on zillow so that they could have just put her in an adr booth and just said or even just at home it's like hey can you record this line on your phone oh my god that'd be can you record this line over zoom please yeah like, <laughs> which is what happens having worked in post-production a lot of times actors don't want to come in so they record stuff on their phones and just send it in wow yeah but yeah so after they look on zillow for apartments in san francisco she, you know, gives him the cake. She's also like, oh, I had a second cake if you didn't get in. Ha ha. And they Joke. do this without ever touching or kissing. <laughs> I, I just like really... Slightly, like, they're like, hey, you did it. Ah, it's I not just, great. Yeah, it, I, again, my, my theory, my uh, conspiracy theory, but Sonic is not happy that Donut Lord is going to leave him. He's not. And so... He Sonic goes and then sees a baseball team playing and one kid gets like a home run or something. And Sonic's like, wow, he did it. Woo. And that night Sonic comes back to this baseball field and plays baseball with himself, mm -hmm. which like, it's fun. That's like a good scene where, you know, you could sort of understand this guy who's been isolated all these years. Like he's just messing around trying to keep himself entertained. Yeah. And as he's running the bases, he realizes how alone he actually is because he's playing baseball with himself. 
and this just makes him angry and he goes that much faster and it ends up where he creates so much energy it blasts out through all of green green hill and the whole greenfield area is now out of electricity and people are very confused that's right they're very confused so we go back to tom our donut lord whose power's been cut but for some reason his phone is still working uh <laughs> it's and- his cell phone you know he can that's not. I, I assume cell towers went out. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Okay. But yeah, so he's trying to figure out what happens as well, and he calls uh, the police station where it's run by the hapless Adam Pally. Yeah, that's Adam uh, Pally. <laughs> uh, and Adam Pally is a source of joy in this movie as well, a little bit. Yeah, he does good. For those who don't know, he's like the main thing he's done is uh, been the gay friend on Oh Happy Endings. Yeah. And he currently has a show on NBC called uh, Indebted. That he does. Uh, Will he have that show for much longer? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He's got Sonic 2 most likely coming out. Sonic 2 is all that you need. Yeah, exactly. So while Tom tries to figure out what's happening, the U.S. Department of Defense convenes and they try to discuss options for what's going on that the entire, like, northwestern part of America It's just completely in the dark, which the implications of Sonic knocking out the power to the entire northern part of the United States means that he might have shut down hospitals and stuff. And like, I'm just saying they're not talking about it. Sonic probably killed a lot of people in his baseball outrage. Wow. That's some uh, Man of Steel level deaths on his hands. Oh, you have no idea. Once they get to San Francisco, the amount of unnecessary carnage is even higher who's the real evil man it's for sure sonic but, <laughs> uh, the defense secretary suggests all right we've got to get this guy in and the other guy's like no we can't do this don't you remember what happened in this place and this place and this place and the guy's like i don't know what happened there nothing happened there exactly so <laughs> in the morning the military shows up but followed shortly behind by this gigantic rv looking bus that comes out and is moves in kind of near Tom's place and outsteps Dr. I guess he doesn't have a first name, just Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. Played and by the incomparable Jim Carrey. He is a good, good fun person in this movie. You forget how much you love Jim Carrey until you don't have him for a few years, or at least yeah. you don't see him regularly for a few years. So this was his first movie in... Like, big movie in a while, right? Like, what was the last thing he did? I don't even know. The only thing I can even, like, think of is, like, Mr. Popper's Penguins. That was... The, uh, that's exactly what I was about to say, too. <laughs> did he do this... Did he, did he do that before or after Kick-Ass 2? I feel like it was around the same time. I bet that was one of those things where he does, like, an adult one, and then he does a kid's one so that he reminds people that he can do both. Okay. Well, Something good for like Jim. That. I'm glad you're uh, moving up in the world from penguins to hedgehogs. <laughs> But yes, uh, Dr. Robotnik steps out of his RV and confronts stereotypical white guy who always plays the bad guy in everything. Yep. Uh, yep. And is accompanied by his uh, partner, Dr. Stone, I think is his name. Sure. I'm sure that's a reference to something, but yeah. I don't know. But I mean, he Robotnik only has one friend in the whole world, and it's his robots. Yes, and he's obsessed with these robots, man. What's the line? Like, oh, I prefer... He says, like, I prefer robots over humans, and he makes a few other couple funny jokes during it. Yeah, it's like I would go, like, on a cruise and, like, spend all my time, like, on a boat alone romantically with these robots. Something like that. 
Is that the first form of sex robots? You tell me, man. You tell me. But did, he... did Roboto make sex robots? Is he really popular in Japan? You know? uh, absolutely. Too many people are obsessed with sex robots. That's true. But Americans anyway. are pretty obsessed with that, too. But Jim Carrey sends out his egg-shaped drones and scours them all over the forest. And eventually, one of them finds a little uh, a little footprint that seems like it doesn't belong to any kind of human creature. And it scans the area... It tracks him down, and it finds Sonic in his little hidey hole. And Sonic mm. quickly tries to pack away everything he can and uh, puts it into a little little bag and tries to run away. But the drones are hot on his trail. And so he ends up hiding at our donut lord, Jim Marston's house. Or he breaks into it, basically. Yeah. And as Marston's trying to figure out what's happening, uh, he thinks that there's a raccoon breaking in. So he gets his wife's trank gun Mm -hmm. comes in sees sonic they both freak out and he shoots sonic and sonic has brought in over his rings and as he's falling down he reads the shirt that james martis marston has on says and it's a picture of san francisco he says san francisco the one ring opens goes to san francisco and the rest of the rings follow in a bag and then sonic passes out so james marston is just like what is happening and uh, so James Marsden brings Sonic into his home and puts him in a big dog crate uh, and tries to figure out what exactly he is and pretty like quickly is okay with Sonic being this just talking hedgehog that has superpowers and, you know, just kind of goes along with it. James Marsden has dealt a lot. Well, you know, he's been in Westworld dealing with those robots. He's dealt with, <laughs> was it Peter Rabbit? Uh, no, I think it wasn't Peter Rabbit. That was, uh, uh, one of the guys who plays the Weasleys. Who's, I'm thinking of another rabbit then. Hop? Is that the one he's in? He, how he might be. Is he just the, the automatic, like, hot guy that just accompanies the CGI animal? Yep. He's an enchanted. He talks to the uh, the squirrel and all that. (laughs) Enchanted. That's a great movie. Maybe we'll do that someday. But until that day, uh, Dr. Robotnik is hot on Sonic's trail and finds... Uh, and takes the, the the bait or whatever and goes over to Tom's house. And Tom answers the door and is, try, is decides he's going to help Sonic. So he's not letting Dr. Robotnik into the house. And they trade quips. Dr. Robotnik says something about not having been breastfed, which makes him uh, sad and lonely. Uh, I don't know. It was very funny. And all the adults in my theater laughed at that. And all the kids were confused. <laughs> Well, because, yeah, he says something like, oh, you know, I was making formula when you were drinking formula. And then Marston goes, I was breastfed. And then Jim Carrey goes, oh, wow, way to rub it in my face, asshole, basically, you know. Way to rub it in, I was an orphan. (laughs) Oh, yeah, orphan. (laughs) Which is, uh, you know, sure. Checks out. Checks out. Checks out. But uh, he, Dr. Robotnik, is not allowed uh, in the house until... He finally just like forces his way in and he discovers a little little electric hair of Sonic's on the ground. And he's like, I know you're hiding the creature. And that's about when Sonic is completely detranquilized, figures out uh, what's going on and helps get Tom into his car and trying to evade Dr. Robotnik and his drones. Yes. And so now they have escaped their on the run and they're sort of just like bonding in the car um i can't really remember what they say i'm sure it's more just like hey you know i was an alien who doesn't have any friends 
and then yeah sonic says oh i used to watch movies with you guys when you guys didn't realize it and i was stalking you but we're friends and not thinking that's creepy <laughs> james marsden's like sure why not <laughs> meanwhile dr robotnik convinces the military to label tom a domestic terrorist yeah yep somehow this cop this small-time cop from montana was able to take out the entire power to all of america because sure why not why not and so now they're continuing to drive for a bit and they get they need gas they stop by this one gas station sonic decides that hey i'm gonna go out and like go to this bar and disguise myself and marston finds out and is like hey you know we shouldn't do that i just got off the phone with my friend adam pally and the guy <laughs> the government's onto us and probably tracked the phone and then sonic is just like no i, I don't want to and so the mars is like okay and then they start dancing and order they order buffalo wings yeah they have a good time uh hanging out and for whatever reason uh the big tough biker guy doesn't like Sonic's kind. Don't know if this is a race thing or if it's just uh, a weird thing, but they end up getting into a big bar brawl, and which is one of the things on Sonic's bucket list for whatever reason, which he has a physical bucket list that he wrote a bunch of things on and getting into a bar fight is on it. Uh, who's Who doesn't have that on their bucket list? That's what I'm asking. That's I mean, how I finish my bucket list, you know? Yep, and in a scene that is completely ripped off from X-Men Days of Future Days Past, of uh, Sonic moves at hyperspeed while everyone else is basically frozen and just wrecks shit in the bar, uh, helps get Tom into back into his truck, and they skedaddle out of there to a different motel. And at this motel, oh, God, there's this one joke. When he's running around being fast, he eats a chili dog. Yep. And then he's in the motel, and he, like, rips one. And James Morrison's like, ew, Sonic. And Sonic's like, sorry, it was a chili dog which was the popular thing he ate in the 90s TV show with Urkel. Which is weird because none of the video games or any other subsequent things talk about him liking chili dogs. It's just the one 90s, like, Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. But then James Morrison goes like, oh, that was that smells terrible. You should really check your fur. And I'm like, dude, that's gross as fuck. <laughs> Don't put that mental image in my head. You Just know? assuming that Sonic shit himself. Yeah, seriously though, that's what they're implying. Uh, yep. Gross. It, yeah. it is. It's even weirder that shot later where you just see all the fur clips clean from his... Oh, no, you don't see that. That doesn't first, happen. All right, I'm ending this conversation. Uh, Sonic goes to bed. <laughs> Sonic goes to bed. James Marsden looks after him like it's, like it's his own child and yeah. it's a cute moment for the two of them and... Is this when, yeah, this is around the time when Dr. Robotnik is analyzing the hair that he took from Sonic and realizes that it has an unlimited source of electricity that can power his drone robots forever, which is yep. like, if Sonic can produce that much electricity, he would end the entire like world power shortage just by like clipping a few hairs. The groomers at for Sonic would be billionaires. Jeff Pet Bezos is cutting <laughs> Sonic's hair. Every I'm just week. imagining him going to Petco, and that's just some employee from Petco discovers the ultimate source for renewable energy. I'm down. Sure, good for that guy. Yeah, they, that, they that's actually that guy is Jeff Bezos. Fun fact: <laughs> Jeff Bezos got his start as a dog groomer at Petco. Yeah. <laughs> Show me the facts where he doesn't start. Yeah, no start one. Can, like that. No one can tell me that he doesn't. Uh, but yeah, he does that, and 
Is this where he has the weird music video dance? Yeah, with the T-Rex and running around. Sure. Yeah, they basically just said, all right, Jim Carrey, you're building robots, have fun, and just filmed him dancing, being weird, saying whatever he wanted, probably for like an hour. And that's like a whole five-minute sequence in the movie. I am very happy for Jim Carrey. That, I mean, honestly, that, that was a fun scene. I, I enjoyed oh, yeah. it. Like, it wasn't a, uh, ah, this Jim Carrey guy. Who does he think he is? Well, it's one of those things that, like, in another movie, like in traditional kids' movies, like, there's always, like, the, ooh, we got to have the silly dance, like like in the Emoji movie where they just dance uh, for no reason. Yeah, but, I, I, I unfortunately do remember that. <laughs> but we do have at least have a, a good actor and someone who just, and like, is truly relishing the moment of being the silliest dancer in the room. Yeah. Um, so as he's dancing around, Sonic and Ted are, or Tom are driving and they get attacked by one of Robotnik's drones. It's a fun action scene. Um, they go around. The drone becomes like a Russian doll where the big oh, yeah, drone, the medium drone, the small drone, the teeny drone. And they're like, oh, the teeny drone's so cute. Woo. And it's a fun action scene. Yeah. Uh, Sonic driving, though, is a terrible idea. I don't know why they did that. I mean, it leads to a great joke where he takes over the, the driving so that Tom can have a chance to fight the robot. And he, <laughs> Sonic goes, no, this is just like Fast and Furious. And then he just le- like <laughs> leans in, gets tight eyes and says, I'm all about family, Tom. You'll, you'll never know. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, which is great. And they defeat the robot, but there's a tiny explosive placed on Sonic's hand that he is trying to get rid of, shake it off and... He doesn't know what to do, how to get rid of it. And uh, my suggestion is, Sonic, take off your glove. Hey, Sonic, take off your glove and throw it. And everyone sitting near me always kind of like saying that. Like, quite enough, the kids wouldn't hear it. But we all were like, Sonic, take off your glove. You know, Sonic had to go through so many redesigns. I don't think they wanted to put a blue hand in there, you know? Yeah, well, that, that comes from the original design where he didn't have gloves. So I'm sure they didn't want to, like, redo the scene. So that... that- this light bulb just went off yep. in my head. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we haven't even touched on the Sonic redesigns yeah. yet, which we'll get to. We will. Um, so yeah, now they're driving back. They officially get to San Francisco, I think. Yeah, well, because Sonic gets hurt in the explosion because he didn't take off the glove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Tom is able to get him to San Francisco and eventually gets him to his wife where she's staying with her sister. And they are like, hey, you're a terrorist now. Uh, we don't trust you, except he somehow shows them Sonic. And for whatever reason, the fact that he has a little blue alien at least makes him more trustworthy in his wife's eyes. I just love how when he's trying to talk to the wife and the sister and the daughter, he's holding just like a blanket. And it looks like he's just holding a broom, you know, like underneath it. It's like there's no body underneath that. Like in no way is there a Sonic body there. Like yep. Sonic's at least like, 50 to 60 pounds. Like Probably. Very generous. The thing he's holding is like, it's just, it looks like a broom. It yeah. looks like he has the Nimbus 2000 under there. You know? Well, I think it was also, again, because they were using the original design where he's way skinnier and like, mm. he's probably like holding like a stickly version of Sonic. Yeah, that could make sense. Um, so now the wife then fixes up Sonic. He's awake now. He's up and going. He's ready to go. The husband and, or sorry, Tom and the wife have a chat about something. They tie up the sister in her own house. And then the kid just does not care. That kid. 
she is down for a Sonic, and I can't I can't imagine that scene working where she like hands him a new pair of shoes, working with the old design because that's a scary creature that a tiny girl would not want to be friends with. Yeah, you and the rest of the internet agreed with that. Uh, so now they officially have decided. All right, we're gonna get get the bag of coins. Uh, let's go, Sonic. You drive, and then we immediately see Sonic driving, and the car that he took is now trashed. It's like well, who uh, knows the, the body count for this thing too? Like it, it really could be he could have killed a lot of people. Um, not happy about that, but he does it anyway. He parks the car, and the the bag of coins is like on like a ledge outside of this building. And you see Sonic run as fast as he can into the building, go up to the top and say, sorry, I can't get in. The door's locked. But we've seen him run up a wall before. (laughs) So he could feasibly run up the side of the building, get the coins and come back. But that would not give us one of the worst jokes in the movie in which Tom and his wife convince the, the security people that they are there to fix the elevator or whatever. Yeah. And they give them permission to go inside. And Sonic is packed away in a gym bag. And while they're standing waiting for the elevator to come, so a couple people show up. And Sonic complains about being stuffed inside of a bag while those other people are there. And they say, excuse me, is there a child in that bag? And Tom, in his well-meaning consciousness, says, oh, no, it's not my child. <laughs> no, yeah, you probably could have cut it cut the joke because also it's like this was worse than the cage you put me in or dog cage you put me in yeah you got a kidnapping children joke in your child your children's movie (laughs) yeah yeah also it's like teddy also admits that he's like not teddy that's what Tom? tom admits um that he's like oh i'm abusing my power here like f it it's like eh, i mean i get it for this for the situation you're in but yeah. you don't have to announce it whatever happens he abuses his power into getting to the top floor gets they get to the rings that are on the ledge of the roof and before sonic uses it to escape to uh, a mushroom planet so that dr robotnik can't ever kidnap him again the him and tom have a very tender moment where they talk and it's sweet but wouldn't you know it, that gives Dr. Robotnik just enough time to fly one of his robots up to the top of the building, and instead of just using the ring immediately and leaving, like Sonic should have done, they stand there and talk. <laughs> and so the talk does not go well. The uh, robot Robotnik uh, starts to fight Sonic, and Sonic pushes t- Tom and the wife off the ledge? Yeah, he pushes them off the ledge and hoping that he can save them in enough time because he's super fast. And again, he just moves at the speed of nothing moving and destroys all the missiles that are flying at them and throws a ring down so that they can be teleported uh, back to the Green Hills uh, in Montana. And so they, Sonic and Robotnik, continue to fight, going all through San Francisco, destroying multiple stuff, landmarks... All that jazz. They, yeah, they, they trash so much stuff and, like, shoot a bunch of cars and buildings. That, like, I get it, Sonic. The world will end, but also you don't have to have this much collateral damage. And then Sonic kind of realizes that and engages in a pretty cool sequence where he uses the rings to go all around the world. Yeah, I like it. There's just, like, a few things. Like, when they're going around the world, they go to Egypt and destroy the Finks, man. Like, that thing gets <laughs> obliterated. Yeah, that, that's like people are gonna 
go to war about that. He also, uh, no, that's to be a thing for later. I was just going to okay. say that he, there's a, there's a, a weird animation thing that happens, but he, but yeah, he also doesn't know where any of these places are. He's only ever been on his planet and Green Hills, Montana. So how does he know to go to Egypt, how to go to the Great Wall of China, how to go anywhere? That's fair. Yeah. Maybe it's in the comics, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but they, they end up fighting basically all day and night because by the end of it, Sonic and Robotnik end up back in Green Hills. And they have the final showdown and Robotnik just like destroys him, right? Yeah. Like he like obliterates Sonic. And so now Sonic's out for the count. Robotnik's going in for the final kill. And then Teddy comes with his uh, posse of Greenville people. Yeah. And they distract Robotnik enough for Sonic to regain consciousness. And he goes into supersonic. Almost right? supersonic. Okay. Because <laughs> let me just push up my glasses for a second. Uh, supersonic only happens when he has control of all the seven Chaos Emeralds. Oh, damn. Wow. So we haven't even seen Sonic in his final form. Nope, we haven't even talked about the Chaos Emeralds, which we'll get to at some point. Emeralds are really in in movies right now. Anything with, you know, jewels or power gloves. Exactly. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's also a whole thing with Knuckles, too. We'll, we'll get into the whole mythology behind this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Sonic's able to move super fast, defeat Robotnik, send him to the Mushroom Planet, and the day is saved. And Tom decides he's not going to go to San Francisco because he loves his home where it is. Which is, eh, we'll get to so, it. Yeah, okay. It's not a lesson you need to learn. No. I feel, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. That's like a weird feeling for me. It feels like it's a story about like, hey, I want to do more with my life, but mm-hmm. nah. But his whole thing was that he wanted to get like extra adventure in his life. Yeah. And then it feels like he sort of got it and was like, nah. <laughs> Maybe it would just be because he's closer to the sister-in-law. You know, that would make it fine yeah, for me. He true, did just wreck her car. <laughs> also, they left her tied up in her house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so the denouement happens where Sonic is living with Tom and uh, his wife. They're happy. The government gives Tom a gift card to Olive Garden for all of his troubles instead of, you know, giving him actual money and labeling it. him a terrorist. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, and then then we cut to Dr. Robotnik on the Mushroom Planet. He has grown his iconic, lengthy, bushy mustache, uh, and he is ready to get revenge against Sonic. And that's where the movie ends until we hit the mid-credits. And what do we see in the mid-credits? In the mid-credits, we see a flash of light, and out from a portal steps a weird fox with two tails, and he says... I knew it. He's here. And he uses his two tails to fly like a helicopter <laughs> off into the distance. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's Sonic's best friend, Tails. Yep. And that brings us to the end of the Sonic movie. Woo. Woo. And I gotta say, it's a really fun time. Yeah, it's not bad. I really enjoyed the movie. Especially, like, I think a lot of people had this extremely low bar for it. Oh, and yeah. then when it was like the bar was like at negative 10, you know, and they, they succeeded those expectations. And I guess the big question, like, so I did like it, but the big question would be, how do you think, and we'll talk about this now. How do you think this movie does with the original design? Ooh, it's so tough to say. I, I, Cause I think the, the intrigue was there. If, if it had the old design, people would have been like, I'm going to go hate watch this, but I don't know if that's enough people. 
but I don't know how many people care, like families cared enough to not go see this movie because he, he looked cuter. I think they just got a lot of free PR out of it all, you know? Like they sort of appeased the internet. I mean, and, they mm-hmm. did, but like allegedly it only cost five million. I, I say only because animation costs a lot of money. It only cost five million extra to, to redesign him and put him into the movie. It, I don't know if, if, it's, if they made the extra five million dollars from redesigning him or if it would have done horribly because people didn't care and now because they redesigned it they made so much more i feel like they made more money because of the design <laughs> <laughs> but i also think it's just a better thing to do for a movie's perspective because he looks so much more cartoony in the new one compared to the mm-hmm. old one like they did try to make him an actual weird small child yeah which is just and they try to go realistic with it but with the tone i can't remember who said this but they were saying the tone of jim carrey is so cartoonish to start with that you know you're watching like an animated hedgehog yeah you don't need him to be realistic especially if the title is sonic the hedgehog not sonic the small blue man yeah the small blue child, like, ugh. and they gave him real like teeth too. Imagine like the first scene where he's actually like a baby and running around. What that <laughs> abomination of a tiny version of Sonic would have looked like? Oh my god, that more nightmare fuel, if you ask me. It's it's tough because like I think they have so many other plans for it because due to animation and what I was going to bring up earlier when they're in the desert. There's a shot where you see Sonic like kind of sweep his leg and like a bunch of dust kind of kicks up, but it's like one of those cool like superhero moves. In the mm-hmm. trailer, he does that in the in his home on his home planet. Like you see him do like a run and then a sweep of the leg. So I don't know what the actual plan was or if they just set the character and did the animation in a different location so that people didn't know it was gonna happen. Or if mm-hmm. there was a completely different story that they kind of had to like, you know, cut 10 to 15 minutes off of when he when they had to do the redesign hmm. especially because like his mouth movements don't always match up to what he's saying no i didn't notice that too there are scenes also like when he's in the car that his face looks very good but then behind him it's like a different type of it looks different i can't really put my I can't yeah. say what is different about it but it does sort of it looks yeah how do i say this you know in justice league when they put over the mustache and yeah. stuff and you can't really tell what was off but there was something off yeah that's how it like it just stuck out to me in the car scenes yeah I something's guess. like in the wrong place or like a, a weird half-assed animation kind of happened i don't want to call it half-assed well, those guys are probably it, working sorry hard. i don't want to call it half-assed that's not nice but it feels like it is a little bit just because the mustache thing happened because the release date of justice league was November and they did reshoots in September. That was two months to do all of that post-production work. And so, yeah. And so the mustache thing that they did, that's what two months of CGI, like trying to fix it looks like. So that's, that's why I say it was, it it seems like it might've been more rushed that they spent more time on the character design and less on like what was going on behind him because, you know, they didn't have time for it and they did the right thing by fixing Sonic and, saving everything else for an afterthought. No, I don't disagree. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on before we go into surgery? Do we want to talk about Olive Garden? Or is that a surgery thing? (laughs) Uh, No, let's talk about it now just because, I mean, the obvious thing is in surgery is to take out the product placement. But, I mean, they they needed to make the... You know what I think? I think Zillow gave them the money to do the the reanimation. I bet that product placement right there was the $5 million that they got to reanimate. 
I don't think you're wrong about it. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think the Olive Garden thing was in there originally. Yes. Did, yeah. did the writer say anything about that? He did, because uh, you and I were listening to an interview with the writer earlier today, and he, in fact, said that Olive Garden was his own joke. They Olive Garden did not pay them to advertise oh, okay. Olive Garden. The, the joke sprang from he thought it would be funny if at the end the government gave them a shitty gift card, like as, as a payment instead of, you know, actually paying them. And uh-huh. then somehow it like reverse engineered to instead be a plant and payoff where they talk about Olive Garden throughout the movie. And the payoff is the Olive Garden gift card, which it worked on me. I hated when I heard them talk about Olive Garden at first when they are like, you know, when you hear your family and that's completely out of nowhere. And then by the end of the movie, the government gives them an Olive Garden. I, I, it was horrendous and I was on board for it. It is one of those things that I'm more just like, is this happening right now? Cause like, all right. You know, Sam and I, we write scripts. We <laughs> joke about going to Chili's in a lot of our scripts. I don't think we would actually make that shit though. If I was given the product placement for it, yes, I would absolutely have oh, characters yeah. go to Chili's. But yeah. just on my own, I wouldn't say, hey, Chili's, I'll, can I use your location and you don't have to pay me anything? <laughs> and that's just weird. I need to be getting something out of this besides a cheap joke. Or at least like Chili's like caters like a, yeah. a few days on set, like, you know, does does some work on that. But No, I don't disagree. <laughs> I agree Zillow should probably not be there and Olive Garden is just so distracting. Yeah. Like in, in another movie, if it wasn't Sonic, if it was like a different comedy, I think it would be funnier, but because it's just weird to have a Sonic movie have so much Olive Garden discussion, take, it takes a little bit away from it. Yeah. If I'm actually most, for the most part, okay with product placement, if it's like natural, like, okay, we're in Superstore, that TV show. Yeah. There's a ton of product placement, but yeah, they're basically out of Walmart. It's a perfect yeah. idea for a show. Yeah. Another thing, this is going to be the only time the sentence has ever been said. I give props to Jack and Jill when they they make Adam Sandler an ad agent. So I'm like, okay, there's product placement in the background. That makes sense. Now, I'm not saying that Dunkachino is good. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, let's leave Dunkachino alone until we ourselves talk about Jack and Jill. But I have to have a hard disagree that I, I think that Adam Sandler and that production company does not deserve to have an ad executive as a character and doesn't deserve Dunkin' Donuts money. Al Pacino, while not a perfect man, does not deserve to do the Dunkachino dance. I'm not contoning the Dunkachino dance. I'm just saying he's an ad agent. I get it. It's not like in well, like in Power Rangers when the villain just goes to Dun- uh, not Dunkin' Donuts. Crisp, uh, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, yum, I like the donuts. Yeah. But on the other side, Mad Men is all about ad executives and they use real companies and I think they got like no money from any of them. Oh, that's on them. And don't they use like a very specific Coke thing that happened? Yeah, that's like that's like one of the last things that happens in like the series finale is like the like most iconic commercial of all time plays. And, Mm. you know, that was expensive. But I'm sure I've said it here before because we've complained about product placement. But my favorite is in War for the Planet of the Apes. When the okay. apes on horseback are trudging through the snow, it's very sad and, you know, big wide shot. And they just walk past an overturned Coca-Cola truck. Oh, no, and I haven't seen that. You, we haven't talked about this. It's my favorite product placement because they found a way to make 
a, a Coca-Cola truck seem natural within the planet of the apes world, especially because the, you know, it's the, after the apocalypse yeah. and a very serious version of the planet of the apes where the apes are very angry and Andy Serkis is doing a great job, but there's just a big Coke truck in a big wide <laughs> shot. That's product placement. My favorite in the in your face product placement is in Transformers like four or five. With the Bud the Light. World, yeah, they're getting attacked and fucking Mark Wahlberg's just like, ah, give me a second, cracks open a Bud Light, chugs it, and just like, mm, delicious. Let me get some Oreos. I'm gonna go fight these guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking a. But fifty fifty on that product placement there. Not like all product placement. I'm just saying, if it makes sense, it makes sense. Yes, yes, it does, but. Well, now should we get into surgery sponsored by Petco? Yes, and Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and Jeff Bezos. Uh, side note, no one is paying us. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you guys have not heard any Squarespace ads or anything about uh, MeUndies. Yeah, or the Cash App. Or the Cash App. Oh, that's not even a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, anyways, let's talk surgery. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, first thing that's got to go. No product placement. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, even the Olive Garden stuff, you're taking that out? I, I think while I love it, I think it does. I think it's too distracting. It's very weird. I think it was part of the thing where they were going to make it partially real world type stuff. But if you're going to make yeah. it a cartoon at this point, make it a cartoon. I don't disagree. It's funny to hear the governor talk about the endless pasta, but it <laughs> is just one of those things that's just so surreal. You're like, what? I do want Olive Garden now. Can we? Let's go get. Well, I can't say we go get Olive Garden because we're in a quarantine. Yeah, next time. You know, next when time. this is all over, we'll go to a Chili's Olive Garden. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, um, but what's the real first thing that you would try and fix? I feel like I. This is like such a minor thing, but I hate. I feel like it's sort of at the point now where it's a cliche to open a movie where the climax is happening, and you're like, "Let me show you how we got here." Mm-hmm. And then you cut back, like that's been happening a bit more and more. And I just sort of want to like, I understand what they're doing it. They're trying to get you immediately invested. Like, well, this crazy thing's happening. But I feel like you sort of get, you have that happen already when Sonic's mom gets killed. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't, I don't think you need the, all right. And here's where the story is because the voiceover only really happens at that point. And when Sonic first comes to earth, so you don't really need it at all. I don't really like the voiceover in general either. Like, there's a lot of scenes where the animators do such a good job with Sonic's face that you can sort of understand what mm-hmm. he's thinking. Um, but it's that's you know more of a like, oh, I understood what he did. Blah, blah, blah. like that. That's like an interpretation thing. So I may have taken that out. I sort of want to see how it looks both ways, though. Would you want to have spend more time in his childhood home instead, or do you just want to excise that first like minute and just make it? A shorter movie just excise that first minute and you can put it somewhere else or have a shorter movie <laughs> <laughs> i agree i i do think though i would like to see a little bit more time on sonic's home planet just mm. like it doesn't even have to be that long like a 10 to 30 second scene with him and the owl like doing something fun yeah. or you know training yeah or sort of understanding the powers yeah, something like that. Because the first time we see the owl, Sonic runs in and the owl's like, you fucked us all over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die in 10 minutes or like two minutes now because of you. And I would, it'd be cool like to see, you know, even in that 10 to 30 second scene, you get a quick look at the echidna like spying on him so that you like, yeah. you know that there are people after him. 
instead of it just being a complete surprise. Yeah. Another thing, like, I sort of need, I want the owl sacrifice to be a bit more like, okay, I understand why this is happening. Because in the movie, she can literally just jump into the ring. And like, you know, the ring logic doesn't, isn't a thing here. Like they close when they close. It's not like a five second thing. Yeah. But she could have jumped in immediately and just been like, all right, we're going to hang here for a bit and then we can go back to our planet. So do you have any ideas on why she would have to stay back? I feel like it would have to be a thing that it can only work like with Sonic's power. Like Sonic is the only one who can activate the rings. Oh, okay. And so is that that a thing or is that just, no. Also, the rings, like, in the video games don't actually do yeah, do teleportation, but, like, you know, yeah. it, it works for this, because I actually kind of, like, it, it gives a reason for why Sonic has rings, because there's no reason that it should be the currency in the games. Yeah, and they're, like, sort of nice little, like, I like the sound effect, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. But I do I do think that maybe it would be better if, uh, if he was the only one who was able to activate it, so that when it came to, uh, especially later on, when he tosses Tom and his wife through the ring, like Sonic goes with them, and then he, Sonic, chooses to go back and fight Dr. Robotnik instead of letting him try mm-hmm. to track them down. Because okay. I feel like that gives, you know, Sonic more of an, more agency, where he, instead of at the end where he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself, because it's too much self-sacrifice and things. I think a better choice is to have him be like, I'm not going to, you know, run away from my problems. I'm going to go back and fight. So if That's the, fair. So if the rings are, can only be activated by Sonic passing through it, that means that, sorry, Big Owl. <laughs> what if when she's flying, she gets hit, and then she opens up a portal? Like, they're both falling, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. And the owl has to decide between her and Sonic, and she saves Sonic, and we just see that she falls and hits the ground. The kidna come and, like, rush around, and that's the last thing Sonic sees. So, like, the mom may not be dead, and it's not Knuckles' fault anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not directly Knuckles' fault. I think you, you could do that, because it could be that, like, you know, one of the rings gets knocked out of the bag or whatever, and it gets tossed too far away, so uh-huh. that she has to throw him instead of, you know, just diving, because they're, like, already in the dive bomb, the rings fall, and she has to make the choice to throw him to get him through the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're also another thing with the uh, rings, we see how, I mean, okay, so he's like 10 years younger. Sonic is still super fast. If he wanted to, he could have, in the movie, just run out, grab the owl, and run back in the whole, the ring, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's a minor plot hole. It's not like something I'm like, oh, well, you know, hmm, it's so unrealistic in this blue Sonic Hedgehog (laughs) movie. It's (laughs) also, even if a couple of the echidna like got through, I bet Sonic and the Big Owl could probably take them if they made it through the ring. Yeah. So, it, it not. I mean, that's not... I'm fine with it overall yeah. in the movie, but it's just, like, something that popped up to me. So, and... Okay, is there anything you want to touch on before we jump to another point? Uh, not really. I do think that having an action scene where the Owl has to do something instead of just stand there is a better choice. So, yes, I agree. Um, so, then another thing I want to sort... Just, like touch up or fix up at the end climax part egghead is or robotnik is he's in a plane driving around or mm-hmm. like a low-key plane and i want to make that more of like a ship like do you remember playing the games where he's in like a ship where it's just his body and then his yeah. torso is like 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 a bumper cars type thing yeah i, I, know I what guess about. yeah um because that's just like another reference you can sort of have. And then if you have it more where it is like this bumper car thing, it's like a tighter niche 
of in the final climax where he's driving around and they don't have to end up like turning over cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think something that would be nice in the climax too is when, well, it's a little difficult when the, I'm going to say this and we'll see, we'll talk it out. When all the destruction's happening, we see Sonic going and saving the people sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, in age of Ultron when Quicksilver is going and saving everyone real quick. Yeah. Like that. The problem is in the movie, Robotnik is as fast as Sonic in that yeah. scene, so it's it's tough. I think you could feasibly have him. Like it might even be funnier if they go through this whole destructive path, and then Sonic like turns around and goes and saves everybody before the explosions can like get to them. Like so, you just like see like a wide shot from over the sky where you see him do see the path, and then you see got the close up, then you do another wide shot where you just see him go back through the exact same path. How about Robotnik? is purposely just trying to uh, destroy things and kill people to get Sonic to like save them and be slower about it. Mm-hmm. So he like just shoots a car and then we see Sonic comes, saves them. And then it's just like, he, now Robotnik is the terrorist destroying shit just to get him. Yeah. Now the U S government's definitely like, we don't know this guy. <laughs> he definitely wasn't one of ours. Yeah, no, I think that is the better choice than just having them run. And if he like, saves people throughout if they're going to do the traveling throughout the world thing i think then he should save people from all over the world and sonic just becomes like you know an urban yeah, legend yeah. all over the world especially because we didn't go over the crazy guy who <laughs> who holds up a picture of the internet meme sanic which is in my top three favorite memes i did not catch on that when he I, yeah when he says this is the blue devil he holds up a picture of sanic <laughs> wow okay that's such a great joke that's so good it's, they have a lot of good little inside jokes in the movie. I really uh, like that they did sort of do this research for them. No, they did. And it was good because it was like, you know, made by people who like the movie and were willing to listen to fans. Because uh, when I went to go see one of the friends that I went with, uh, his name's Emerson. And mm-hmm. he his nickname is Sonic. And his favorite thing in the world is the Sonic meme, where it's just, you know, the crudely drawn fat Sonic. And seeing that pop up in the first 10 minutes uh, brought that, that sold the movie to all of us. That's good. I hope the writers didn't spend too much on the internet with Sonic. Oh, no. Uh, You mean Sonic Shrek fan fiction? I didn't say it. You did. I think we should have a bonus episode where we read Sonic Shrek fan fiction. All right. Do you know the ads I would get on Facebook if I looked that up? Don't worry. I'm not opening an incognito window right now and opening up. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, what's something else you would want to tackle from uh, the movie? I, I feel like I want to work on, I want to figure out exactly the relationship between Sonic and Tom because it goes from being like a best friend thing where like Sonic is adamant that Tom is his best friend, but then also Tom like tucks him in at night and like treats him more like a son and like they get him like a race car bed and like all that stuff's cute. But I want to know more if Sonic is, you know, a lot of people's parents or their friends, but I kind of want to narrow that down a little bit more and just decide if Sonic is more upset that his maternal figure as an, of an owl is dead or if he's fully just lonely in the world and wants to just have a friend. Uh, that's, there are some interesting ideas with that. Like, do you think I do in general, I did like it more where they were friends but if he is looking for a surrogate parents him going to san francisco definitely would hit harder because they're leaving him i Mm. i think though if because i do like the the friend ass i like it being a friend thing even though one is more childlike i just feel like it might work better if 
the owl at the beginning was more of a buddy too. So it might clean things up a little better if it's like, you know, an owl of a similar age that helps him. Uh, or even if it's Tails. What if he thinks Tails is dead? No, you would lose <laughs> so many people immediately. No, but like, then you get the po- the post credits where Tails comes back and is like, sorry, I'm alive. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think you, the fan base turns on you. Even after the Sanic meme, I, I don't think you come back from killing Tails off that early. You know how, spoiler alert for Terminator... Uh, uh, the most recent one yeah most recent dark fate yeah you know that movie's pretty good in my opinion i really enjoyed it but so many fans jumped off board after the first two minutes where they killed john connor yeah and i get it because it is like the whole past two movies like oh we've been trying to save this guy and then this movie's just like nah and i feel like with terminator that one people just wrote it off after that so i don't i don't know if we could do tales yeah but, I mean, if we don't do that, then maybe just structuring what happens with Sonic and Tom more as, yeah. like, a, you know, a, a friendship thing. Because it, it really does vary between father-son, almost like a teenager and, like, a teacher trying to, like, figure them out, and then a couple of friends. Yeah. So I would try to, like, you know, figure that out more. I don't know exactly how to do that, but just just an idea for writers for later. Yeah. Take, take notes, you guys. Yeah, t- I'm sure, because... Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Pat and Jeff or John or whatever are listening right now. I bet they are. Big podcast guys over big, here. Big, big podcast Big obscure podcast guys. <laughs> uh, what else would you want to tune up a bit? In the same vein, I think if you were going to have his wife be in this movie, she should be in the entire movie. It seems weird that she's around at the beginning, is only helpful for offering like a trank gun, and then just shows up for the third act where she can stand on the roof and then get pushed off the roof. Yeah, she really doesn't do much. And yeah. she has some potential there when like she is a, a vet. Like I it could be like a, a thing where, you know, she wants to take care of animals and like I mean it's a weird thing because Sonic is more sentient than like a dog or something, but it could help to show Tom because Tom could like easily not even like like the dog that she has. That could be a thing that he, you know, doesn't like it, doesn't respect it. And she's like, I really want you to like things that don't necessarily, you know, remind you of you. You know, you should be more into that. Because I was about to, I was thinking about the idea of it's like, we should have a baby. I don't know if we're ready. And I hate that. I hate that so much. Okay. Yeah. I I was going to pitch it. I wasn't like married to it because I do like the friend aspect between Tet, fucking Tom and Sonic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have the wife in all these scenes, it does, like, lessen it a bit. But I think, like, yeah, if it is, like, I want to have a baby. And then the whole, like, road trip, it's those two trying to figure out and Sonic is, like, the kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they have done that so many times. Yeah. I It just, it, it streamlines, streamlines it a little better and, like, helps especially get her involved more. But I do think that, like, it could just be a thing that she she helps to show Sonic that Tom doesn't have any friends. Because, like, Tom's main focus has been getting out of Green Hills. So over yeah. that time, he probably is, like, he could have more of an adversarial relationship with the town. And, like, you know, and especially if that's the reason that he wants to go back and, like, repair his relationships instead of running away from them. That would be better for Tom. Because then, like, maybe uh, the wife isn't as thrilled about leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, obviously going to... Um, support him and be like, yeah, we'll go. But she'll still be like, well, my yoga studio's here. And my, not, sorry, like she owns a yoga studio. Yeah. Not like she, oh, my gym. I can't here. do yoga anywhere else. Yeah. 
And I'm I, like, oh, I also work as the vet here. Like, I need to see how uh, Coco Puff, the neighbor dog, is doing. Make sure he's okay. Yeah, I worry that it would make him less likable. But I do think you could have a couple, you know, save the cat moments for yeah. him to make him a nice guy, but, you know, yearning to leave. So when he does, when he does things that alienate people, it, having his wife on the, on the road trip will help bridge the gap between him and Sonic. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because this is a pretty decent movie. It's hard to think of things to, to fix. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I'm glad it is uh, fun to watch. And I think the things we've t- talked about haven't been like game changers, but definitely like, oh, that's interesting or that's fun. I'm trying to think of other things because it is pretty streamlined. Is there anything else you want to do with like Dr. Robotnik? Uh, I don't know. We got, we get a lot of info out of him and just his few scenes and he does a good job. I think if anything, weirdly I'd want to see him and uh, agent stone or whatever his like henchman's name is mm-hmm. like, like doing something else. Cause it's just the only time that guy appears is to like stroke his ego and punch himself in the face or like throw himself out a window or whatever his thing is. And then by the end, he like, Dr. Robotic makes a fake Agent Stone to be like his only friend. So I kind of would almost want like, uh, like during the music video scene, because I think Agent Stone like interrupts him at some point. I would want yeah. him to be like, you know, well, don't just stand there, Stone. If you're going to be here, you Macarena with me. <laughs> like, you know, they, they have fun together. And, you know, Agent Stone could be even part of the the fight where he's like all right i'm operating the the drone army and then you know a couple more moments where he's upset that dr robotnik is gone that's fair maybe the dr stone runs a conspiracy website podcast now where he's talking about dr robotnik and how he's real and he went to a mushroom planet (laughs) yes i think that would be great especially if dr robotnik if they're going to keep the fake agent stone as part of a, a through line character trait for him yeah. All right. That's sort of fun. But yeah, uh, yeah definitely I think, not. Huh? I was just going to say, that's the only thing that I think is missing from this movie is just more development on the character relationships because the action's fun. The jokes are fun. I just think that, you know, the Anton and Sonic's relationship is good. It's just a little muddled. So just yeah. fixing that, maybe adding a little bit more with the wife and having Robotnik and Agent Stone be friends. Not friends, but like companions. Yeah, like... They're stuck to it's like it's like Coral and Voldemort. They don't want to be stuck together, but they make the best of it. <laughs> That's very true. Very, very true. Is there anything else you wanna touch up on? Um I don't know. I as someone who likes Sonic lore as much as it's so inconsistent from game to game. Yeah. I, I kind <laughs> I kinda would have been nice to maybe have some additional references or some additional characters or something. Like not a big fan of Age of Ultron because, as we said before, like a year or two ago or however long it was that we did that episode, there's too much planting for the future. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it would have been a problem if maybe Sonic had one of the Chaos Emeralds, like from the games or like there's another emerald called the Master Emerald, which is the thing the Echidnas mostly want. Mm-hmm. And he could even have like a shard, like a broken off piece of the Master Emerald or something. And that's part of what gives him his special powers because... It, without that, it's just a road trip movie that happens to feature a character with IP. That's fair. So I feel like if you do that or you have a subplot where Robotnik is like like creating his own version of Sonic, which will either be Metal Sonic or he finds Shadow or something. He could, because he still has the hair at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Robotnik? Yeah. 
there's something that you could do with that. Yeah. Maybe like you could, I don't know about subplots, but maybe just like tinier references where on, when Robotnik is doing the dance on one of the side screens, you see like uh, blueprints for a metal Sonic or yeah. at, in the sister-in-law's house, you see the princess from Sonic 08 uh, in, no. Uh, no. On, uh, on a painting or something. You've been you know? vetoed <laughs> <laughs> in that same realm. You know, there could be, or even when he's on the old planet, there could be, you know, there's a big cat that likes to go fishing. His name's Big the Cat, and that's his thing. And that could just be more of that. Or, like, maybe at the end you show the Green Hills planet that he's from, and you, like, see a confrontation between Tails and Knuckles. Or, or I'm again, it's not a thing that I like, but I do think there's so much untapped potential with the material. Yeah. That, like giving people a taste of a Chaos Emerald or a, a robotic Sonic creation could be fun. Wait till the sequel. That's where it'll get crazy. They want to make sure this would sell first. Oh, yeah. Well, we can talk Let's about the see. sequel once we're out of surgery, too, because I have thoughts on that. I don't have anything else for surgery if you just want to jump into the sequel talk. Yeah, no, I'm good with everything because we had a good movie that just got made a little bit better. Yeah, nice. Good job. Good nice. good, good overall. Good job, Paramount. Good job, us. Good job, writers. I know. Listen, I I used to be a Paramount employee, and sometimes that was not a fun thing to say, but they're doing a pretty good job now. They got the Mission Impossible franchise on track, and they got Sonic the Hedgehog, and they're going to have a new Top Gun soon. Did When you were working there, did, was there any talks about Sonic? Uh, not as far as I can tell. I think, the, honestly, I think the idea actually came from Tim Miller, the guy behind Deadpool, and his friend, who was the director. And I think they were the ones that pitched it to Paramount, and then they picked up the rights to Sonic because of the pitch. Oh, okay. I think. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I think that's what happened. Hmm. Good for Tim Miller. Good for Tim Miller. But yeah, that's, uh, uh, now that they've got the whole, they could have a whole Sega universe at their, at their hands. All right, let's hear it. Do you do you want? Is this part of the sequel or? I think I think sequel down this path. I think you don't need a, a universe right now. Maybe if you make three movies and they're all good, maybe you could branch out into a, a universe. But the way I see it, the sequel could easily just start up from Tails finding Sonic, and like he it turns out Tails is actually a friend from Sonic's childhood, and oh. that gives uh, Tom more a reason to be in the movie. So that he feels like now his friendship with Sonic is threatened. Uh, and Tails comes with news that uh, the Echidna have destroyed the Master Emerald. And he needs help finding the pieces to the Master Emerald to put it back together. Otherwise, both Sonic's power and the life force of the planet that they're from is going to go out. Mm, okay. Uh, so that would be the plot in my mind as to what it is. And then in the background, Knuckles, who, yes, in my mind has killed Sonic's mother... <laughs> Uh, Dr. Robotnik has gotten off the mushroom planet and is now on Sonic's old planet and is working with the Echidna to, uh, and specifically Knuckles, to find the pieces of the Master Emerald. And he convinces them that Sonic is the, is, has taken all the power from the planet uh, for his own selfish needs to be fast. So there you got your, your protagonist goals, your antagonist goals, and somewhere in the middle they go to Olive Garden. You know how in the Avengers, when they they go get shawarma, they mm-hmm. go get garden. You know? <laughs> they get garden at the end of the the sequel. Yeah, because yeah, because the way I see it going is that Knuckles, you know, is being used by Robotnik, and you know, towards that midpoint to third act moment is when Knuckles realizes what he's doing, and he joins up with Sonic and Tails, and they become their you know Sonic heroes, which is one of the games uh, like team, and they you know use use their powers to defeat Doctor Robotnik. 
I like it. Anything you would uh, doctor script about uh, just the pitch? Dude, the chaos, I feel like you're going to have to take a place in uh, Earth. And does the chaos emerald all the different parts of it? Do they get sprinkled around yeah, the world? I, I would say that whatever happens, uh, half of them are on Sonic's old planet and half of them are on Earth. So okay. Knuckles and Dr. Robotnik have already collected about half of them by the time they get to Earth. So then it becomes kind of like a race to see who can get it. And then whoever has enough, they f- then they fight each other to try and uh, get the rest from each other. And that's when, you know, Dark Knight of the Soul, Dr. Robotnik, uh, you know, just throws Knuckles to the wolves to get the rest of the pieces of the Master Emerald. And that's when they team up. I can see it. And then, and then it's the third one where you introduce Shadow the Hedgehog. I feel like Shadow gets his own spin-off movie, and this is where they take the Sonic universe really edgy, and it's the first rated oh, yeah. R movie. Of exactly. That, that's that's the the one after after Sonic the Hedgehog three. You know, chaos reigns. That's when Shadow the Hedgehog becomes his own thing, and people don't like it. Yep. But I won't pitch that one because I only want to see the Sonic movies. I do not disagree. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch up on? Not really. Now I kind of want to play the old Sonic Adventure games if I can find them. Well, I can assure you that you will have the time for it. <laughs> I don't got to go fast on those games. I can go all the way to 100% completion. Oh, you won't. You won't. Oh, I, I, yeah, I have a challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's go. I'll bet you... Bet you... Two dollars. It doesn't happen. One chili dog. I bet you one chili. Oh, one dog. chili dog. No, yeah. you know what? I bet you an evening at Chili's that I, that I can one hundred percent complete that game before quarantine is over. Well, that, you're gonna have years to finish it then. Oh no! <laughs> uh, dark jokes. Dark jokes. Anyways, um, that's it for me. You got anything else on the Sonic matter? No, I'm good. Um, thank you guys for listening so much. Please make sure to like and subscribe the pod wherever you're listening to. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Dr. Script. I just spelled it out. And we have a Twitter that is DR Script Podcast, like Dr. Script Podcast. It's a fun time. Yeah, please subscribe to us on iTunes, leave some reviews, five stars, five chili dogs, five chaos emeralds, whatever you need to do to get by. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and uh, we'll come back with you guys later at another time. All right. Gotta go fast. Vroom.